I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This episode has been sponsored by Bookhampton. As the premier independent bookstore in the Hamptons, Bookhampton has a highly curated selection of books for readers of all ages, unique one-of-a-kind gifts, and exciting author events. Browse their fabulous staff suggestions online at bookhampton.com. I'm really excited to be here today with Jill Zarin and Lisa Wexler, two sisters who are the co-authors, along with their mother, Gloria Kamen, of the book Secrets of a Jewish Mother. Jill Zarin is a reality TV star. Her breakout performance was as an original cast member of The Real Housewives of New York City, which she was on for the first four seasons, and by the way, which I watched probably all of. She subsequently appeared on Celebrity Wife Swap and many other shows. An entrepreneur, Jill established the Jill Zarin brand, which she has extended to bedding, shapewear, jewelry, and rugs. With over a million social media followers, Jill is a frequently sought-after speaker and personality. Her sister, Lisa Wexler, is a talk show host, a judge, an attorney, an advocate, and a public speaker. She hosts the Gracie Award-winning radio show, The Lisa Wexler Show, in Westchester and Fairfield counties, and she was nice enough to have me on her show last year, which was like the sweetest thing ever. Lisa has appeared on The Today Show, Morning Joe, and many other local and regional TV programs. She's been elected three times to the position probate judge for the Westport Weston District in Connecticut. These co-authors wrote Secrets of a Jewish Mother, which is now in its third printing and has been translated into four languages. These sisters are clearly a total dynamo. So, ladies, I just want to know first, how did this book, Secrets of a Jewish Mother, come to be? Who had the idea? Who decided what to do when? How much to do? How much to write? So, Jill was in her second end of second season of Housewives, and she said, I really think that we ought to do a book, which I translated as, Lisa, think of a book, think of a book. And I was <laughs> No, it was, well, Lisa, write a book. Write, write a, a book. book. That's true. And my mother had been on, I don't know how familiar you are with the Housewives, but my mother was I on. I watched a lot of that. Okay. I watched the early, when okay. watched, I was, like, not interested. Okay. Thank you. Well, well said. So, anyway, my mother was on, and she gave this spiel about how life was really between Rosh Hashanah and Passover, and how the years went so quickly. And it really resonated, really resonated with a lot of fans. And they I don't still know. say that. I still get And I was like in that. the shower where all good ideas come, and it just hit me like a bolt of lightning. That's our book, Secrets of a Jewish Mother. Yeah. yeah. Right, we never had another name. Nope. That was no. it. And then the idea of doing the format came in discussion with some with actually my friend Virginia. Well, just going back to the book, yeah. like I, I thought because I'm on a TV show. And I think Luann had written a book, and I just thought that there's a lot I could I could do a bio, I could do an autobiography. I mean, God knows I could fill up volumes on that, or I could do something with my mother and my sister. Because for me, it wasn't about the money. Where of course, if I did it by myself, it would be or I would get 100. percent I wanted to travel and be yeah. with my sister and my mom. Yeah. And Jill's we did. a sharer. I'm a sharer. So she we went is. on book tour together. Well, that was part of my problem with the housewives in general because I wanted to share with the other girls and I wanted them to share with me, but nobody wanted to share with me. <laughs> nobody wanted to play with me, and uh, hurt my feelings. And uh, that's. That's kind of what happened on the show, really, because I wanted us to all, like, be a team, like friends, yeah. how they really stuck together, negotiated together, did everything together. Housewives, oh, no, it was every man for himself. And I learned that the hard way. Did but, you see how yes. Jennifer Aniston wants the friends to get together again and make a remake of The Golden Girls? No. Oh, that would be adorable. Isn't that funny? I that did not know great. that. Anyway, I just read that. Yeah. But she's not old enough yet. <laughs> well. You think? Believe it or not, the Golden Girls did the Golden Girls in their 50s. We look at them now as if they were in their 80s. Oh, yes. They were retired living in Boca? Yes, they were supposed to be in their mid to late 50s in it. Wow. So when you did the book, did you all get along? Oh, yeah. We never had one fight. Well, because we let Lisa do everything. Ah. (laughs) So it's hard to fight with yourself. So Lisa... (laughs) 
She can tell. Her friend helped her format it because you have so many questions. We'll get right, to this one. My friend helped me format it. I wrote, I wrote the book proposal. Okay. That did very well. It was unexpected. They were shocked that I could write. Remember, they wanted yeah, us to hire somebody. that we would have a writer. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but then, we didn't. Yeah. Right. We didn't. And so when we had the format down, which were basically a narrative and then stories and then an ask yourself section, that made it easy. We would collaborate. What are the stories we want to tell? I was at the time on the air between 9 and 10 p.m. and practicing law during the day. So I sat down at the computer 10 o'clock every single night. My yep. show was on 8 to 9. I was, on the, I was at the computer by 10, between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. I wrote the book from June 25th, which is when we had our formal proposal. I handed it on my mother's 70th birthday on October 13th. It had one rewrite, and it was over by Christmas. That's insane. And what I would do was I would text Jill. Jill, do you remember when such and such happened? Because I don't remember your, anything. So tell she'd me say, in your own you, words. And then I'd say, I don't remember anything. You'd say, oh, yes. And then yes. she would tell me who, what, where. And, and then, then I would, would give write the story. And that's why you hear her voice. Her voice really comes through. So does my mother's. No, my sections are my words. Yeah. Like Lisa exactly. didn't write no. for me. That's right. But she wrote all around me, right. up and down, left and right. Right. One of the things that I liked so much about this book, it was just so relatable. Like everything you said. I was like, oh my gosh, my mother said that, or this is really. What I, you know, I, I just, I, I, Kyle will tell you, I just like kept like. What are some of the things that you remember? I mean, as you were reading it, that you enjoyed? Because well, we'd love to know. Um, Probably got a lesson. No, I have a lot of different things. And I have a bunch of different quotes that I thought were amazing. One time when you were talking about worrying, you say the Jewish mother lives to analyze and worry, the two being inexplicably intertwined. The Jewish mother is actually quite happy worrying. It's the default <laughs> setting in her computer. I think so. <laughs> that leads to wrote. That's not me. how I feel. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's my... Yeah. That's I feel my that baseline. way. It is. It's like this is my baseline, yeah. and I don't know. And I, I feel know, that I way about our aunt Cookie, our aunt Gloria, our mother. And I think it's nowadays. If I was writing this sentence anxiety? today, I was just going to say you just finished my. Today, I would probably say anxiety because that's the new term of art for yeah. that feeling, but it's the same thing. That's like my grandmother keeps saying, "I give you my worry gene." Right. I'm like. Yeah. There actually is a gene. Yeah, there actually is. is a gene. There was definitely a gene. And it's catching, by the way. But don't you feel more I feel at like that's ease? That's why my dog has anxiety. Now. Yeah, I feel no. Like I've given it's true. Anxiety after no, it, it's the disease of the age, of our age, yeah. of the modern age. It's okay. You handle it well. Another thing that I loved when you talked about dating, I don't know which one of you wrote this, but you said you need to cycle through at least four seasons. That's that's Jill. With the same. Funny how I know I know what I say. That's Jill. To know if you're really compatible, and that's literally what my mother said to me when I started dating Kyle. Really? Immediately, I knew I wanted to marry him, and she's like, "Zippy, just." See him through the seasons. Oh, I love that. Because people change. And that's literally, it was like in the book. I couldn't believe it's it. good. I'm like, that's oh, what my so Jewish good. mother told me. I love me. it. Anyway, well, you have a real Jill. Jewish mother. I met her mom. Oh, yeah? She's a real Jewish mom. Oh, oh yeah. In the best way. In the best way. Oh. Another favorite was when you said your favorite fashion tip is always bring a sweater. The Jewish mother is never without Aunt a Gloria. sweater. We're that's Aunt Gloria. We're always cold. That's Aunt Gloria. That's, we literally grew up with that. And there was always one on the back seat, of the back seat of the car. Oh, yeah, Mommy always, always has like an a, extra a sweater in the car. jacket yeah. or something. Oh, you wouldn't know about cars because you grew up no, here in the city. as a driver. I the same thing. Oh, okay. I, well, I always have a, I I always a cab have a driver, I mean an Uber, whatever. Another thing I wanted to talk about when I, I want to hear more about your feelings on women's friendships, because you did oh. a great job in the book talking about it. Care about And friendship. I loved how you called them balcony friends versus friends. The audience. Amelia. That's my audience. I got that from Amelia. Yeah, Amelia. You remember that? Yes. So, um, so what you're referring to, so that the listeners can hear, is that I believe that in your life, your friends are like an audience. You have people in the front row, you have people in the mezzanine, you have people in the balcony. And I used to say and laugh like that Ramona was behind in the audience, but behind the pole, you know, blocked that she can't. 
see the stage. And that was like a joke. But people shift. So like my friends, the people I met when Allie was in school, those moms became like my front row friends because I saw them every day. We planned things together. We took holidays together. But then life changes. And then when your kids are out of the house, those people kind of fall to the wayside. And now you've got maybe you pick up a sport like tennis. And then those tennis people become your friends and they move closer. So yeah, I believe that. You move them around. You move them around. Sometimes you have to put them in the back. But we care. I mean, that friendship chapter took a lot out of us. We told real stories from the heart because I really do believe, Zibby, that when you've really loved a friend, and we're talking about women-women friendships, you know, it's a love affair. Mm-hmm. And when there's a breakup, it's like a breakup. Oh, it's like a divorce. It was with, you know, as everyone knows, you take it really I've hard. Had. I don't know if you've ever had that in yes, your life. Yes, no, but I have, and it's, it's, it's a loss. It's a loss. loss. It's a deep yeah. sort painful. of grief. Yeah, painful. And then, of course, a little bit of you always loves that person, even if you can't be with that person anymore. Right. The things you miss about them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You also, the subtitle of this chapter was Finding a Friend is Finding the Best Part of Yourself and Setting It Free. free. Don't you that feel was that so way? pretty. That I was really, Lisa. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. Really She's a good writer. <laughs> and the other thing throughout all the chapters, including this friendship chapter, is all the specific tips you get. Oh, we're into like, that. Like, these aren't just like general parenting <laughs> no. concepts or Jewish no. We're very concrete. We were raised with a very pragmatically concrete mother. Like, no osmosis whatsoever, no guesswork. And by the way, I think that comes from the anxiety gene because the way to treat anxiety is to be very specific. Oh, good. That's, that's Lisa's amazing. I have, I have a what? son with real anxiety. <laughs> Husband, too? Husband, for sure. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Well, I thought of you all because a friend of mine recently had surgery, and in your book it had said, call after surgery. Oh, yes. Like, not writing a text. Right. Not anything oh, else. Tell you took call. the advice. So and was, was it like, appreciated? Yes. I bet it was. Bet it and was. you know what? In today's world, it's even rarer. Right. Because nobody calls. We you wrote before the iPhone. You got to pick, up, pick a phone. up the phone. So I've been trying to do a better job of that. So oh, thank good. You. Good, good, good. I feel like I have these little coaches. You're like my coaches <laughs> you do. now. It's really and you awesome. have us on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I wanted to talk about you were really nice about fathers. So mm. there's all this talk about Jewish mothers, and the whole book is you know centered. But right in the beginning, you said how the importance oh. of a great dad and how your dad was such a mensch. The and, most. Uh, Walking on a still is. How many successful women he still is. come from fathers who are amazing. They yes. give, well, they say that a girl gets her self-esteem from her father. Yes, I believe that. Self-image. The feeling of being able to do anything and be anyone and be beautiful. And, of course, beauty is incredibly important for women. Women have to feel beautiful, I think, to be successful to some extent, whether we are or not. There's a part of us that has to feel feel. it because femininity and women and beauty are so intertwined. And how does that play into the dads? You think the dad has to make them feel beautiful? I think the dad does. My father tells me all the time how beautiful I am and how smart I am and how capable I am. Always giving me, always the boost. I hear him. What do you think about all the latest studies that say, like, don't overpraise your kids? It depends what you're praising them about. What if they're praising them about how beautiful they are? It depends. <sighs> it's it a depends. good point. No, no, it depends. So to say someone is beautiful in the way that we learned it with our father was always like, I look, at your, I look at your face and I see beauty. Not that you're dressed up, not that you're wearing a pretty dress. Right, he would never comment on what I wore. No, it was like, I look at your face and I see beauty because I see you and you are beautiful. Shana made a lot. You can't overdo that. You can't overdo praising the essence. You can overdo praising 
you know, a, a, um, false accomplishments. Well, being honest is, you know, you know, you, you want to be honest with your kids. But to feel beautiful in your father's eyes because he believes it is different. You don't say this so smart all the time if they're not different. so smart all the time. You don't say this so right. smart all the time. Right. You don't, you know, if they get right. an 80, you don't say, oh, you're such a genius, you know. You're not such a genius if you got an 80. You might be one, but you're not working very hard. So yeah, We're um, very practical about that. Yeah. In fact, my daughter, Joanna, who's now 25, says the biggest gift I ever gave her was never letting her win, which I never did. In Scrabble, and Giotto, and Boggle. What? In anything. Who? All the games that we played in our house. <laughs> Lisa's the intellectual house. They play bridge, things yeah, like Joanna that. Joanna plays bridge. Yeah, they but do anyway, the, the point is I never Sundays. let her win. I don't believe in letting kids win. I think they have to earn winning. Yeah. And eventually she's going to beat me. Well, that's what, so, all right. So, so do you think that all children, when they're in camp and they're five years old, should they all get a trophy at the end of the summer? Definitely not. Do there you believe you in participation trophies? Do you believe I in I never that? got a trophy for anything. Me neither. So We were never good. Kind of, we never won. Right. <laughs> and I still haven't. I haven't gotten one tennis trophy. Kyle, you who will. I play tennis You with. will, but you're on your way. And you will have earned it. And I will have earned it. So I don't have any. Well, I might have one that what I got. What do you think, Zibby? Do you like participation trophies? I don't love them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I my son, my little guy is four years old, and every year. Yeah. I'm sure that's why I'm, ta- I'm talking know. to like, you. We all go and yeah, celebrate. I know. You know it's nice day. to participate, but you don't need a trophy for well, it. Well, the schools are ridiculous. Good. I mean, he, he feels I mean, good, but what's the message? Like, like long term, what's the message? Yeah. Are you all the yeah. same? You're not all the same. You're not Some all the are same. The kids already know who the best one is. Yeah. Right. I was always I'm the last picked. I'm when they, you know, when they used to go, you're the two captains, yeah. mm-hmm. and you each got to pick. I was always picked last. Yeah. And maybe that was a good thing in hindsight because, like, I knew that I wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. If it was where the coach did it and made everything equal, I might have actually thought I was good at something that I wasn't. I mean, I have to say, I told Allison she could sing and she was in chorus and everything, and she's the worst voice. She does ever not heard. have the worst voice. She is I so don't great. Off-key. I don't agree. I like Trust her. Me. I like her voice. But but because I kept telling her how great a singer she was doing that whole positive thing and putting her in chorus where they could drown her out, she was once like singing in the car as an adult, and I said, Allie, you got to stop singing. Why? Allie, you don't hear yourself. You can't sing. What do you mean? You told me I could sing. And she was serious. Yeah. What do you mean you told me I could sing? I said, Allison, I just her. said really? it because you were like in fifth grade. What yeah. was I going to say? You lied? I think she has but a nice how, how voice. How do you help the kid cope then? Who's then you have no ears. I have a good ear. All right, we'll, t- we'll nice do that voice. again. Okay. What do you do when your child is the last one picked? Because that's like a heartbreak Nothing. for the Nothing. It's a heartbreak. You just empathize with your kid, but you don't go to the school. That's for sure. No. Right, yeah. Don't no, interfere. That's not what I meant. Don't oh, no, interfere. That's what I'm you empathize with your kid. child. Yeah. You empathize, right? You yeah. put yourself with them and say that must be And you try really to lousy. think, and you think about why. Did it happen because they're being socially rejected because of the way they're being perceived? I know part of it was me. Yeah. That I was, and I went to therapy when I was a little girl because there was a reason that they weren't picking me. There's a reason why I couldn't get along with other kids. I had total ADD and I was probably totally. flying off the walls. But, you know, I didn't get along with the kids, I guess. Yeah. For whatever reason, they didn't like me. And I know why I, why I didn't get picked. And I used to pray for the softball never to get to me because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't field. In other words, I was the worst. I had no athletic aptitude whatsoever. Well, so you, so you, I wouldn't you played play. tennis as a yeah, kid. Yeah, but I couldn't do any team sport whatsoever. Oh. But you know what was interesting when we were growing up? And you're younger than us. So you're probably Title IX a little bit. We had no Title IX when we were growing What's up. What's Title IX? Billie Jean King, you know, equal money for women's sports. So when we were growing up, like there was no women's tennis team. I right, there was no it. soccer for women. We I didn't even started have soccer it in, in junior high school, I, and I wasn't even a good tennis player. But I thought we need a women's tennis team. Whatever, we lost everywhere. Other than that, the point is, <laughs> the point is that there wasn't pressure on girls to be great at everything. In a way, nowadays girls have to be athletic, and smart, and everything. 
And I don't know how it's playing out. I think it's in general well, I think to apply to colleges, girls feel like they also need a sport now. Yeah, we didn't have to do that. That was one thing we really didn't have to do. No. That's one of those misleading things, though, about childhood, because now as a grown-up, you don't even know who's athletic anymore. You don't even know if your friend. I mean, you know your close friends if they play oh, tennis. Yeah, nobody cares. But there aren't a lot of other sports. Like, we're not all picking up our lacrosse sticks no, and running around. No, of course not. Who plays anymore. any of those right? games? Nobody does that gym anymore. Is, but it's, by the time, way, do they have gym anymore? They have gym. Well, have they cut that out of the program? It depends on the school. Not every day. My daughter doesn't have it every day. And music. We had it every day. Yeah. They don't we have had it every, every day. day. That's how we let out our steam. Yeah, supposedly. and you look at pictures of kids in the 60s and 70s. We were thinner. It was a thinner generation. Well, yeah, Nobody because they didn't have it. soda and snacks. In the, do you know that the, the public schools have McDonald's and, and, and brands in the... It's disgusting. Mantra. I mean, we don't, we, our kids Nothing. don't go to private schools because we live in New York City. But in general, around the country, that I they have they these fast I was food. shocked the first time I saw it in my I kids' lunchroom. Because we used to bring our lunch to school. There was nothing. Yeah. That was like 1922. Can I ask a little about the show and the yes, impact of, of course. the show? Yes, of course. Yeah. So I just wanted to know how you went from being an Upper East Side Jewish mother, like everybody else in the Upper East Side, to then being a real housewife. And I have no freaking idea. that affected you <laughs> no idea. and your daughter and, even, and you and your it family? It had an impact on everyone. Like well, I can say that Lisa said not to do it. I did. Okay. I did. And adamantly, and my mother said, don't do it. It could only be bad. We were afraid. Yeah, I get it. We were afraid. By the way, afraid of things like what happened to Teresa and Joe of New Jersey showing money or not that I did anything wrong, you know, with the IRS or anything like that. Thank God, because if I did, they I would, would have been on you. I would have. They would have yeah. been all over me, and maybe they were, and I don't even know. You know, maybe they did look into us, and they, you know, didn't. Listen, thank God. We were afraid of the unknown. We were afraid of the exposure. I thought, and I still feel this way, and Jill knows of Allison. I feel that all the children, and I will say that publicly, all the children in these reality shows are being exploited in their real life, for their real life. Right. I think that because until you're married, you know, and you have your life set, it's not a good idea to be on television, just in general. Right. Because it will affect your trajectory, for sure. And is there anything you feel like you can do to protect her? Like- well, I, I did. I mean, first of all, Allison protected herself. Are you watching Dirty John, the new series on Bravo? No. no. Oh, What's it about? Oh, good. Well, it's about a woman who met a guy online dating, and it turns out that he's a fraud and a criminal and all these horrible things. Like, it's so cliche, but it's a true story, and it really happened. And he married this woman, and then she found out. But the point is, is that in this show, she has a daughter, just like Allison. <laughs> Yeah. But worse, like she's more of a caricature of Allison. But when I, I said, Allison, I think you just, I found your doppelganger. Watch Dirty John. And then she came back, she goes, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I mean, in the show, the girl's very kind of mean about it, but she's a protector of her mother. She right away didn't like the guy, said to her mother, get rid of him. The mother, of course, was smitten. She hires an investigator and she hires a lawyer. But so and what, she finds so out, what about Allie on the is housewives? The so Allison has always had a very good head on her shoulders, also being an only child, being around adults probably more, and living in New York City, all those things, that she self-regulates. You know, Allie kind of didn't want to do the show. Yeah, she after wasn't the first year fame. or two. Well, the first year didn't count because nobody knew what we were doing. It was just like it having a It counted when it became a hit, though. When, when the show aired, it counted. But I'm saying when we filmed it, that doesn't count. And that's when she filmed the most. After that, and we saw the show, pulled her back. So when was she there? She was there at an all-cast event, at a dinner. She was never part of storyline. She still gives you a hard time she about the sto- detox. Right, but that was season one. Was that season one? Season one, episode one. Was so it really? Like, yeah, or episode two. It was the very, 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 because we started in the summer. Okay. So it was definitely episode one or two. I didn't two. realize that that was yeah. the first year. So, I mean, I can't take it back. If I could, I would. 
If you ask, would I, would I take her off that scene? Absolutely. Yeah. I thought it was good at the time. I think there were good things that happened. I think that it taught people that there are things like that around. I think but a lot of people... some people were cruel to her on social media for Oh, no yeah, reason. they called her names and fat and horrible Ugly things. things. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think for the children, and Jill and I have spoken about it. There was a point where it. Allie was the on children Twitter. are also not, what's the word, compensated? They don't get paid. We feel that the SAG, that they've been just missing in terms of the child actors. We, I mean, if I had my way and whatever resources I would have had, I would think that SAG is completely asleep. Mm-hmm. All these kids in reality shows are not protected the way professional actors are, and they should be. That's a good point. They well, there's no be. union. They should be. But, but the children deserve reality. it. If reality had children a union, deserve it. if there was unionization in reality, I've been told, then they, they wouldn't have reality. Like if that's they, right, because they'd have to pay expensive. people. Right. No, it would be just way right. too costly. That's how they that's got away cheap. Yeah. That's how they got away cheap. But think about but the all children, the kids who had yeah. to act, yeah, the right. Jackie Cooper generations, et cetera, and they started these children union protections because they felt their life was worth. But at least it was a persona. Mm-hmm. For these other children, it's not a persona. Right. It's really their life. So when a family films a therapy session, and the child is there, and a child's consent is not able to be given because they're underage, so by law they can't even give their consent, but the camera is taking away a piece of their childhood. The That's privacy. wrong. That's wrong. It's sort of similar when authors write these really invasive memoirs about their kids, too, before their kids can really before be old can. enough to say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with that. Right, I don't want you to talk about that story. That would be right. like me telling the story that I was talking about before which yes, I'm not, you know, right, but yes. any kind of story and writing it without, Permission. if she was under 21, because even if she told me it was okay, she may not in 10 years. That's so right. it would really have to be consent right. as an adult. But overall, I mean, I have to say, I think Allison's happy she did the show. She definitely benefited from it, whether she wants to admit it or not. I think she likes being famous. I think she like, right, she, like I said, admit it or not, she'd be like, you know, not, I don't want to say pretend, she doesn't pretend, but, you know, she's cool. Allie's she chill. She is cool. And Allie's she, chill. And she's found her way in the world of art now. Yes. And she has a big social media following of her own. Yeah, she has about 100,000 people And she does her. beautifully with that. Yeah. She really does. But, but Allison, like I said, has always been very mature. and Yeah, she's got her feet on the ground when it comes to you. Yeah, and, and the show. Like, you know, what's real and what's not real. She was always better at that than me. Yes. I always, the line yes. was very blurred for me. Yeah. That's Still true. is. Yeah, I know. Still is. So, it's so crazy. So, to get off of Allie for a sec, as much as I think she's amazing. One more thing from the book, because I know we're almost done with our interview, but when you wrote in the book that Jews like to work for themselves more than for other people, we did. you that. said, we'll be perfectly honest, Jews prefer not to work for other people because That's we true. do not like being told what to do. Have you ever tried to tell a Jewish mother what to do? <laughs> I That's love so that. True. That was like so, pr- I felt like you guys were just talking to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what do, what do you think about that? Well, look at you. You've got your own podcast. You're working for yourself, I right? I think we have a pretty high rate as a group of people of entrepreneurship. I don't think that will ever change. And in terms of, yeah, Jewish mothers, we know how to take command and control. You know, when I think of all the men that I know in my world, they're all, they're all either, they could be a professional, a doctor or a lawyer. It doesn't mean they don't work for someone else. They could work for a law firm or a hospital, but they're still their own boss, so to speak. Everybody I know really is an entrepreneur. My son is trying. Yeah, he left his job. Without a job. I know. To start his own hedge fund. He started a hedge fund and Goldman Sachs is his clearinghouse. Clearinghouse. No, very fancy. Lafayette and Capital Management. Yeah. Very excited for him. Very excited. Biotech. It's it's great that you called the book Secrets of a Jewish Mother because it's not like some of the other books are like very dogmatic in what you have to do as a parent. 
and you understand your audience completely, right? Like we're not going to listen if somebody no. else is like. That's why it has ask yourself. Right? That has it ask. Yeah, it's a lot of it is self. Charts and a lot. A lot of it is to ask. Takeaways. It's like a, it's we want to like start self- a conversation. Yeah, I love in the book the stuff about medical. Obviously, because Bobby was sick. You know, a lot of people ask me for referrals for doctors and things like that, and it's like it's right in the book. It how is to right find in the, the book. How to find, how to find the best doctor, doctor. and it's right really there. good. It's, I'm like, <laughs> did you read it? Oh my god, I would just laugh so hard. I mean, was it true? One of the craziest things when we got together is like everything. I'm like, we're going to this doctor. Now right. you're going to go to that doctor. Right. Now you're going to go. And he's like, what's with all the doctors? Right. That's just well, like, I was like, it. see? Yeah. Oh, it's no. not just you. It's right. not yeah. just me. And, right. Lee, and my mother has, what does she call it? A diploma? No, a I said that. Yeah, DWD? I call myself a doctor without a diploma. DWD. Oh, yeah. We could pass We are doctors, doctors without totally. diplomas. Absolutely. Yeah. Agree. yeah. So what is next for you guys? What's coming up next? Well, my big thing right now is my rug line, which I'm really proud of. I've done different things, and I've loved everything I've done, but I love this the most. I Maybe because it's the right now. The rug is the most unbelievable product. I the just best have product to I've give, made. I just have to give the kudos for it because after Bobby died and around that time, I moved into Jill's apartment with my dog, Sugar. And she had chicken and ginger, so we had three dogs in the apartment, plus, what's her name, had her dog, too. Yes, yes, Megan. Okay, Megan. So anyway, there were four dogs in the apartment. And the dogs were doing what dogs do, right? And so they were also vomiting and peeing and pooping everywhere. And I thought that Jill would at one point raise her voice or be upset because it was a brand new redone apartment. And as it turned out, there was not a stain at the end of 10 days because all of these brand new rugs, you take a paper towel and you... It's it. It's gone. It and it doesn't go through. Like, right. you can spill water on it and right. you won't... It doesn't go to the padding. No, it doesn't it's go unbelievable. To the so like I replaced that. all the rugs in my house. Thank you, Lisa. I did. I did. Yeah. They look good? They look great. Any more books? What do you think? Well, um, I've started a few. Yeah? Yeah. I started this is the writer. But, but I, I also want to be write Judge Judy. I wanted to be so Judge Judy. So the other half of my life, which your fans don't know, is I've been a probate judge now for five years. I just got reelected to another four-year term. Yay. And I write opinions every day. I write decrees every day. This morning but I was in a mental hospital oh, committing yeah. somebody. I have a very real serious life, the other part of my life. This is my she creative life. in hospitals because, right. you know, Because schizophrenia. Anyway, so this is my wonderful, I adore this part of my life. I would love to do another project with Jill. We've been asked to write an addendum because to keep the world yes. like on iPhones, like how would we deal with the digital world? Yeah. That's not in here. It needs to be. And it needs to be. I'm not even sure That's what, what we should do. I'd like to hear what mommy says. My mother yeah. doesn't have a cell phone. She's the only right. person left on the planet without right. a cell phone. Which means she can't be tracked, which isn't That's bad. Right. No, it's not bad, except it's annoying when I can't find her. Yeah, but you know what? She's by the bed all the time. She's always in bed. <laughs> she's always, she's by always the in bed. bed. She's been in bed she's since I was She's very easy to reach. Actually, she's easier to reach than we are by far. Right. You know what? That was so great growing up that I could always call home because we didn't have right. cell phones, and I, my mother was always, always there. The <laughs> sit on the bed. There. You remember you, you talked right about now, the sit on the bed? She's always in the bed. I have a great picture of us in the bed, in, in my bed. bed we were bed people. Are yeah. you bed people? Not, not like not, your mom, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Kids don't all jump in the bed and they're all in all the time? Yeah. Well, yeah, in the middle yeah. of the night, unfortunately, yes. Okay. Well, no, but, well, yeah. yeah. So we're we were still, in the middle of the day. We were in the middle of the day. <laughs> we're still in bed. I don't think we're, we're as bed. big bed people. We're, bed we're people. still bed people. bed people. I have some great pictures of us. Yeah. That, that's what would go in the next yeah, book. Yeah, the bed. Aww. The bed pictures. Over the years, in the bed. Well, when Bobby died, you stayed with me. Lisa and Joanna stayed with me for like two weeks. Yeah. I didn't leave her I took a picture of... The four of us. Uh, the, in the pajamas. Yeah, it's not pajamas picture. in bed. Yeah, that was great. You were great. I would never leave your side. Aww. Ever. I love my sister. I love my sister. Yeah. Don't always like each other. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like you. I know. Not really. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Do you have any last parting words as advice to aspiring writers, particularly people Oh, it's so hard to get a book published today. Self-publish. Yeah, but it's really hard. The self-publishing is a problem for distribution. It becomes a real vanity project. So, you know, your top 20 friends buy it on Amazon. You know, I think the best advice is the J.K. Rowling advice. You've got to be persistent. You can't give up. Yeah. And most, most authors do. Well, I always say if you don't take no for an answer, the answer will never be no. I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> Never take no for an answer. That was you, Jilly. Yeah. Very persistent. Very persistent. That's the answer. I love it. Don't give up. Well, thank you both so much Thanks for coming for on. Thank, thank you, Zibby, for asking Congratulations us. on having your own podcast. Thank you. <laughs> this episode has been sponsored by Bookhampton, bookhampton.com. Thanks to Ryan and Steve at Texture Sound for the audio editing and mixing. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Mm-hmm.